Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Unchain Your Inner Strength. We have our special guest today is Taylor Martin. Hi, Taylor. Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> this is the second time I meet Taylor. We, I was like, we have to press the record button because we're going to be talking forever. And then by the time the podcast starts, we're like, okay, well, what else? <laughs> have we missed anything? <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about, what are we talking about again <laughs> taylor Bobby, tell us a little bit about yourself i know you are you you don't tra- you have a travel blog you do mindset work as well you help women with confidence you're uh you stop drinking <laughs> you're sober as well <laughs> so there's a little bit of everything about you that i love so we're going to talk about that because we're going to talk about not putting people in a box so Taylor, you're the perfect person to talk about this. Share about who you are here so everybody can get to know you. <laughs> um, I'm Taylor. I spent a lot of time, and as we talked about just minutes ago, a lot of money being able just to say, hey, I'm Taylor, and then not having to fill a value proposition, which is like not very helpful for this podcast. But like, first and <laughs> foremost, I'm Taylor. And then qualities about me are I am a former hardcore hardcore party girl, hardcore work addict, hardcore codependent, hardcore, just former hardcore, hardcore person who is now hardcore still, but just like a balanced hardcore person that is really into spirituality and really sober and helps women unbox themselves and unlabel so that they can do the things that they want to do. So like I used to be really attached to my past traumas And I use the things that happened to me to define my worth. Um, And that started from a really young age and just, and carried on my, a message that I received when I was younger on accident was I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And because I felt like I wasn't good enough, then I brought that into my young adulthood. And I, all I did was compare myself to other people, other women, other others. And so I, I would look at them and I would think, ah, they're so much better than me. I want to do A, B, C, and D, but I could never do that because that isn't for someone like me. That's for someone like them. And so I kept on finding myself doing these self-destructive things to numb my feeling of not feeling enough. And that eventually led to more traumas, rape, sexual assault, domestic abuse. And I used that to further define my, my worth. And by the time that I was 26, I was just numb I was just I was fucking numb I didn't I didn't care I was binge shrinking Adderall Vivance cocaine what have you just if I could not feel and be speedy then I would um and I would pray that something drastic would happen so that I could change my life because I knew exactly how I wanted to feel and I knew that there were things that I'd wanted in life but I mm-hmm. but for me to have those things I thought something really catastrophic would have to happen because someone like me doesn't deserve to have feelings or experiences like those. Um, and I was wrong. I was totally wrong. (laughs) I, I was, I, I, I have learned over a series of very small choices that led to very large choices, um, that I can, a person like me, a person who's a party girl, a person who used to heal with drugs and alcohol and used to heal with being promiscuous a person like me can also be sober and really happy and do 
all of the things that I've ever wanted to do in ways that I couldn't have imagined because it's okay to be creative in how we live our lives because we are, we're not those labels. Mm -hmm. We're not what people tell us we are. We just are who we are. And so that means that our path is unique and different than, than what we're told. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Taylor. That part of like being, it's you're being you, but it's like you're choosing wrong things for you because you're still, you want to heal something. There's something you want to fulfill that you're not quite sure what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted, I just wanted to feel, truly, I, I would write in my journal and I have all of these journals that I've been traveling with. I just want to feel full. I want to live full. I want my heart to swell. I want my lungs to swell. And I had this experience in late 2018. I was in Israel and I asked myself, what will I think of my life when I'm in 60 years? And I thought, and my reaction was like, you're going to be so afraid. You're going to be so regretful because you lived in fear. Your whole life is just being wasted and you're going to live this way forever if you don't change things right now. And so I was like, oh no, I will not. And so the rest of my experience in Israel was just me just absorbed in the air, like very small things, the air, the way the trees look, the way that the cement felt. It was just like very, I was so present. I've never been that present before in my entire life. Whoa. And, and I had that feeling of my heart swelling and my lungs swelling and my body just feeling the way that I've always dreamt of feeling. And I knew like it's time to change. And so I came home and my partner and I have five and a half years, we, we've had some we were not in a good position anyways mm -hmm. um we broke up we sold our house this is my, and within three months broke up sold our house wow. and I left I bought a one-way ticket and and allowed myself the opportunity to do everything I told myself I wasn't good enough to do Taylor can I ask you this happened after Israel what made you go to Israel in the first place what um, was there? My, <laughs> my my mother is Jewish and I was not raised Jewish because I'm from the South of the United States. And in the South, if you're not Christian, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. But I, um, there is a program called birth, birthright. And if you're Jewish, you can apply for the birthright program. And my cousins who I hadn't talked to since I was 10, I saw the summer before and they were like, you should really consider applying if you're curious. And like, I am an incredibly curious person. Mm -hmm. I want to know all of the things. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I fit in the Christian wheelhouse and I didn't, but I knew that there was, I felt like there was a higher power, but I didn't know anything else. And so I went to go learn about Judaism and I, I mean, I learned about Judaism, but I learned so much more just about me. And it was the first time also, that was the first time that I ever said, I'm Taylor to a group of strangers. It was 32 of my peers and I didn't know mm -hmm. them. And I was just like, hi, I'm Taylor. And there was nothing after it. And it just, it was like someone blew the roof off of the house and let it <laughs> rain. I don't know, something that's shiny and wonderful. It just like, it, that, that, it, that trip did so much for me. Personally, it opened up all the doors. Everything was just like, as soon as I was daring to be just Taylor and not sell myself, as soon as I was daring to ask what, what my life would look like, as soon as I was mm -hmm. daring to be present, everything changed. That's so enlightening to having to actually say your name and not having to say anything behind it. Cause you know, people actually, they, they will start asking your name and then soon after it's like either where are you from or what do you do? 
What do you do? How can you sell yourself? How are you, how are, what's your value? What's Mm -hmm. the point of relationship? Yeah. Yeah. And I see that a lot here as well. You know, like being a coach is like, it's like you have to have like this title and this definition and like, you know, word by word. And it's like, okay. And if you do mindset work, you have to specify how exactly do you help with mindset work? And I'm like, everybody's different. You know, you kind of like to do the, that whole description. We're doing that whole description. We're going back to the same thing as when we were just Taylor from the block <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> or Taylor. The one that used I, to used to say, <laughs> I used to say that I was Taylor from the block. That was one of my, I used to like freestyle rap in high school and I was Taylor from the block. I also was LL Cool Day. <laughs> that is so funny. We, we haven't, <laughs> this just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Everything it's just like sisters this, this is the conversations this was so let's press play because if not we'll never record we keep talking about our lives <laughs> yeah. so, so taylor so okay so tell us more so when you left you went back from you went back home you sold your house you split up with your boyfriend and and then what how how did uh what was the relationship with the rest of the people when you came back as well? Because I say it would have an impact, the change of you going and, you know, being present and finding yourself and finding these things about you that you wanted in your life to going back to, you know, that group of people that you had other things in common that you wanted to get away from. So yeah. You know, um, I, and I, I really acted out. I really acted out. If, and I can see, I, I, I felt like I had nothing. I felt like I had nothing when I went to Israel. And then I expressed like that, that myself as if I had nothing and it was liberating. And then I came back to all of the things that I was letting go. And I was really resentful. I was so mad. I was so mad that I put myself in a position to have to let go of things that I never wanted, mm-hmm. but that I had because I thought that that was the right thing to do. And, and the people, the the majority of the people that are my very good friends in Atlanta are truly the friends that I ended with in Atlanta are the most genuine people I've ever met in my entire life. The people that I started in Atlanta were not, they were just Mm -hmm. as toxic as I was. And and it showed there was, I mean, half of our memories of 2013, we don't even have, but to say goodbye to the people I worked for who had become my family was really hard. And we, and also I, I, I lied and said I was coming back and everyone said, you're not coming back. And I said, yes, I am. I'll be back in three months. And they knew, and I knew, but I just couldn't admit admit it. Like it wasn't a real goodbye. Um, but I turned out like I made the decision I started doing all these things. And then because I was newly single and heartbroken, I just was just not eating and bit and drinking all of my pain. And by the last night that my very last night in Atlanta, before I left on my flight, I got wasted and cussed out every single one of my girlfriends and told them that they weren't. Oh, it was, I just, I was all of my, pushing them away. Oh yeah. I was expressing, I was all Mm. of my pain. And then I came back for a wedding four months later or three months later and I went and I met with them and I had, and I'd had enough time alone to really look at 
my behavior, my pains, my, and I had some time alone to heal. And I went back and I, I had to apologize. And they were like, you, they had to tell me because it's their right. It's their right. Mm -hmm. I heard them like, you crushed us, but we understand and we love you and it's fine. And now it's been a year, which is so, it's been a year since I went back and apologized. And those people are still my friends and we're still checking up and, and whatever, but our relationships are obviously very different. Very but different. My, my relationship with myself is different. And so what was codependence, I was really codependent on my boyfriend. I was really codependent on my friends, which is why I was so angry at them. It's not them, but like it was me projecting mm -hmm. on them. And now I can look at our relationships and I can see like, I just love them. And even though I don't talk, I don't have to talk to them every day. Yeah. I don't need someone to save. Cause I looked at every person in the world was a, a way for me to save myself, to become the person I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And when I liberated that, when I cut those ties and just saved myself, then that changed the role of my friends in my life. Then they yeah. just got to be friends. They just yeah. got to be people that I loved. Yeah. Which is yeah. far, it's far very different. Yeah, it's very yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more important because, as you said, like sometimes we, you use we use friendship as not to be alone, you know, and we're codependent on that. And it's like, okay, we need to be in a group. We need to be again labeled. Okay, we're friends with those people, and it's like we we belong. All that kind of thing. And when you turn that into people that you love, it's a very, very completely perspective. I think it's it's deeper though you said it's yeah. like you don't have to see them all the time but you know they're there you they know that you're there when you need them that when things go to shit you know there's still that love yeah. and that that you know that deep love between one another it's an authentic love it's <laughs> not um, it's not it's one party. that's attached. yeah it's not like all the weight and the and the late just i don't know it was so unhealthy yeah i was so unhealthy and, and Tina, can I can I ask you? Yeah, because this is for a lot of people. You know, when they do their their journey, it it's that you cut out a lot of people that you know. You cut a lot of um, you know, habits and things like that. For you on doing that, because you moved to you moved to the other side of the world. You bought a one way ticket. You moved to the other side of the world, and you went there by yourself. How was that experience? Because you went. Where did you end up? For you ended up in Madrid first, right? I went to Madrid first. Mm -hmm. And you knew and I, no one in there. No, no one. I didn't know anybody. No. And I was alone. I traveled alone until I traveled alone until October of last year. And then I had a girlfriend come and meet me. Just she came to visit. We went to um Oktoberfest and then she left. And then I traveled alone again until December and my he wasn't we weren't we had just started dating, but my now boyfriend and I went to Oslo for four days. Mm -hmm. But, and then I continue to travel alone through India again, but it was, um, it was, it was really exciting and it was really scary. And there's, there's this, I got a lot of, um, unsupportive messages from people of my family saying that I needed to grow up, that I needed, I was going like, I, you are going to get raped and killed. Wow as a woman traveling. Wow. Alone. I was insane. <laughs> wow. I'm from Atlanta. And now I'm not saying anything bad about Atlanta. I love Atlanta, but like in Atlanta, you get shot for having like for your cell phone. I'm not worried about what's going to happen in Barcelona. Like that's not, mm -hmm. that's not, no, that's not what's going to happen. So, things happen everywhere, Taylor. 
Things everywhere. happen everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it's I'm not even yeah. Are you editing this? Because I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, it looks anyway. like I am. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it. So um there there are a lot of like scary situations, not scary situations, just like I don't speak I don't speak the language, I'm mm. a woman alone. I get lost very easily. I'm also emotional as hell. And so I'm also a heavy drinker. I'm a heavy drinker. And that I was a heavy drinker for 2019 until like consistently until I went to Israel. So back again in June, in June. And then and in Israel, like I wasn't that heavy drinker because I was working on a farm and it was hot in the desert and it and yeah. I couldn't couldn't yeah. drink that much and then and then I came back from India I went from Israel to India and then I came back I don't need to anyway so I had like a two-month break of not being a binge drinker but then it's just scary to be drunk and emotional and in countries that you don't speak the language and you get lost easily like yeah. all of these things are real and yeah. And I still navigated it and I was still fine. And I had some really extraordinary experiences and I met some of the best people in the entire world. And I'm so like, I'm so glad I did all those things. And I'm so glad that I let myself be scared and do it anyways. You went with a different mindset as well. You went to explore the world. Did you, you went yeah. to do, you went, you didn't go there to think like, okay, some, some shit is going to happen to me. You just went there. Okay. Yeah that little bit of Israel has helped me. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and open up for something bigger. Yeah. I need to see more and I need to feel more. And at one point I went to this very small, not the small town I live in now in France, but a different one. And I was just like, I need, I'm emotional and I'm anxiety. I'm high anxiety. And so I'm going to stay in this, I, this, the most remote village of France I've ever, I could possibly imagine. And I'm going to stay here for three weeks and not do anything but journal and exercise mm -hmm. and drink too much wine and mm -hmm. i and i journaled exercise journaled and then at the end of the day i would drink a bottle or two of wine and then journal exercise journal drink a bottle or two of wine don't recommend the wine part but i actually yes i do because it was delicious and it's france but <laughs> it, but it's part of what you had you you gone was, through anyways because you, you now yeah. you're sober you know and i yeah. think i think from going from there are huge changes and I think when we go in this, the spiritual, we think we have to cut everything down right away. It's like, okay, if we want to go into this path, we have to cut down everything. And obviously you can't. I mean, you there's can't. patterns, there's habits that you've been carrying on forever. Yes, you can, you can start changing them, but it's little steps. Like, I don't believe in people going, you know, I believe in somebody going like cold turkey and say like, okay, this is, this yeah. is the habit that today I'm going to choose not to do anymore. And you go talk, cold, cold, uh, cold turkey and that, but saying like these five habits, I'm going to go and be like, okay, that's it. Uh -huh. We're humans, Taylor. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. We're humans. And also to the only reason to quit doing something is because your brain has made the connection that you don't need, you don't mm. need it anymore. It's not like, oh, society says that smoking's bad or, yeah. oh, society says that alcohol's bad or, oh, I shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't. If we do it because of any external factors, it's not, and I know that it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense, but like it has to make sense to us. Like yeah. I quit I quit drinking because I was mentally and physically unwell and I took a one, like the very standard, I'm gonna take a week off 
And then because it made sense to me, because I'd never done things before, I thought, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to travel sober now. I'm going to try to date sober now. I'm going to try to have sex sober now. I'm going to try to do this. Like all, all of these things that I've never done. Oh, I've never done, gone a year sober. That made sense to me. Now I'm t- almost 10 months into my sobriety and I'm going to, I remain sober because my quality of life has changed drastically. And that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with when I quit smoking, it makes sense to me for me because I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I was, my lungs were, were very tight. I was uncomfortable. And so I, my brain said, if you do this, then you should, if this feels this way, then you could stop doing this and then you'll get the results that you want. And that made yeah. sense to me. Then I stopped. Like, it's not, it's not the five habits that Pinterest says, and we've got to be sexy yeah. and we've yeah. got to do this yeah. and we've got to do this. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. But I think especially because there's all this stigma about being like, oh, if you're spiritual, you have to, there's a whole criteria for it. Like, you know, again, with the boxes, it's like, okay, if you're not, because I used to beat myself up a lot when it came to like have the glass of wine. And I'm like, I actually like to sit down, do work. You know, I love like, because I love writing and I'm like, I start writing and I feel like I'll get more creative. But yeah, I know when to. I'm not sitting there at two o'clock in the afternoon and be like, okay, I'll open a bottle of wine now because yeah, I want to start writing. No, I, I know I can do it sober. I also enjoy it doing when I have a, a few glasses of wine. But you know, it's like always that, um, what is it? Um, beating myself up for saying like, oh no, well, if I, I want to be a mindset coach. If I want to be spiritual, I have to stop doing all those things. And I'm like, I am being a hypocrite. And it's not, you're not being a hypocrite. No, you just- no. You're not being a hypocrite. You're the reason why you think that you're being a hypocrite is because society has created mm-hmm. these labels of a spiritual person does this, a spiritual person does this, a spiritual person does this. I had I had this struggle with creating my brand identity because I am incredibly spiritual. Mm-hmm. I talk about ma and this and space and I meditate and do all these things and I read all the time and whatever. It's like my my, my faith is a very big part of my life, but also I cuss like a sailor. And also I was a party girl. And also I loved sex and also all of these things. And so I had to, I felt like I had to pick who mm-hmm. I was to, to label myself. And then that didn't work because that's not real. I'm just like you. I'm spiritual. And that spiritual package for me looks different than that spiritual package for you. Looks different than that spiritual package for, I don't know, someone named Sheena. Like, mm-hmm. There's no one way. And as soon as we accept there's no one way globally, it will be so much easier to exist. Yeah. Well, to exist well. Yeah. No, Taylor, I love that. I love that because I'm I'm huge. I'm so against in the whole boxing thing. You know, it's one of those things like people know I don't do Facebook groups because of that. It's like, oh, if you're an introvert business owner, you can go to this group. If you're an extrovert business owner, you go to that group. And I just, it doesn't feel aligned to me because I don't think we should put ourselves in that same box. You know, yeah, there are qualities that make us more introvert or extrovert or there's certain qualities that we have, but at the same time, if we want to change them, if we feel like that part of us, either embrace it, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm me. You know, you said it, Taylor, it's me, Taylor. You know, and these are my qualities. I'm not that person because I have that. You know, I'm not. This, I'm not the box. Yes, I'm not the box. I'm not I'm, the box. <clears throat> You're Maria, I'm Taylor. 
Yeah. <laughs> No, Terry, I love it. So, okay, so when it comes to working with your clients, all right, when, what, what tips would you give them to get out that box, you know? Uh, just like, I, I, find, I find it hard with my clients to say that, okay, like, just stop thinking, like, you don't have to niche down everything. You have to be so specific on this. And I do get it because that is how business is conducted. But at the same time, we're women. And, like, come on, we're multitaskers. We do tons of different things. Like, we shouldn't be defined. I don't think anybody should be defined. First of all, nobody should be defined for something they've done before in the past because we all make – it's not even mistakes. It's things that we go through, you know? You things, yeah, we, exactly. It's stuff that we've gone through. And then we shouldn't be defined for what we do either because we can do a 100 things, like, that we love doing, and that shouldn't define us either. It, it shouldn't, and it can't. I, you know, the women that I've worked with are usually really attached, not even – not even to their their jobs per se, but it's their roles. They're a mother, they're a daughter, they're a wife. That mm -hmm. wife, the wife mother thing, really. And like, I'm not a mother, but I I have one, and my my mom and I don't. My mom and I have a very rocky relationship, but one of the things I really respect about her is my mom was able to look at her life at the age of 42, I think, and, and it was like, this is not it. I'm going to set an example for you. This is an unhealthy relationship. I am not in a healthy place. You are watching me crumble from the inside out. I am, and, and my mom made a choice that was, that was bold. She left my family. She was like, I'm going to go make a better path for myself. And like, I didn't understand it at the time, but also there were external factors. So like, that's that example that my mom set of like, I can be a mother and my mom, I wouldn't let her, but she tried very hard. My mom was like, I can be a mother and I can love you really well. And I also can love myself really well. Mm -hmm. Watch me. And I know that that's true. I can, you can be a mother and be a wife and and love your partners well and love your kids well and do whatever and still take care of yourself. And it, the reason why we feel like we can't is because we think that there's only one way to do things. Yeah. And we're afraid because that, that one way is, is not the way that, that is conducive to our lifestyle. And so when I am working with women, it's like, what do you want to feel? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want it to look like? And it's not just like, I want a brand new car and I want money and I want like, okay, that's great. That's great. But like, what do you want to, what kind of, what kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be a person that is fighting with her partner all the time? Do you want to be a person that's in a very, how do you want to react when your partner does that? How do you want to react when your children do that? What do you, mm -hmm. what do you see the most ideal version of yourself? What, are, what is that? And then what are you doing to become that? And normally the answer is nothing. Normally the answer is like, well, I could never be that. That's yeah. calm. I'm, and people really attach themselves. Like I'm an anxious person. I'm just a person that likes to, that likes to stress. Uh -huh. I'm just a person that likes to go. Oh, I'm just. The one that I like Taylor is like, I've always been like that. I've always been like that. So I can't change. That's the way it is. And like, that's not true. That's a choice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean it's easy, 
but it also doesn't mean it's not not worth it like it's worth it to take the time to do the things and we're gonna mess up like I was I was the person that had the toxic relationships that was screaming fighting punching holes in walls like I I my relationships were very similar to what I saw growing up and I made a choice to allow myself to have the relationship that I dream, I dream of. And that's mm -hmm. like a loving relationship that's calm, that's communicative, that is not me picking fights about dishes and laundry and whatever. And mm -hmm. like, sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I do that. And then, and then I have to forgive myself and then I have to start, not start over, but then I get to have a new day and I get to choose again. Yep. And like re realizing that every day is a new day and realizing that one day out of 45 is way better than 45 out of 45. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and your question was like, what would you advise? What, do you, <laughs> what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? And what are you doing to take those steps to get there? Okay. All right. Because well, you said it, it's like, it's very different saying like the things that you want in life and who you want to be. Because it's yeah. very, very different. Once you can identify who you want to be, how you want to live your life, then it's like things can can happen. You can change them. You can transform them. You can you can make the choices that you want. Yeah, and when you become, when you realize who you want to be, and you allow yourself to start making those changes, the things you want are different. Yes, you don't yes. want this. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> you don't, and you don't even know why you wanted those things to begin with you're like yeah. i wanted a like i'm like i wanted a why did i want a husband did i <laughs> why did i want that and then in my head it's like oh because that looks good on paper yeah because that's, that's what we're supposed to yeah i can walk into a party and say this is my husband so and so like because mm -hmm. that makes me look I don't put, know what put together adults. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, like, I'm, not, hey, I'm not ragging on people that are married. Like that's wonderful. Muscle yeah. tough, but also like, it's not, it doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be, I don't know. It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> it, there, are, there are other options for all of us but, you, of but you're so right it's like once you start making those changes the things that you thought were important they're not important anymore and like you you stop thinking like you know the things that you say like oh i wanted that car or i wanted this or i want and then you suddenly like ah oh, no i'm okay with this or i'm grateful with what i have or you know it's not that you're lowering your expectations it's just the things just change because you don't see the value on material things anymore no, it's more about the relationships, how you feel about yeah. yourself, the little things that you can do for yourself, like going for a walk, going for a coffee with your friend and stuff like that. Being satisfied with what you have. It doesn't mean you don't want more, but like the mm -hmm. more that you want is different and you are become incredibly satisfied with the space that you're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, yeah. oh, it's, it's like, I, I love, I love living. I yeah. love living. And before I was, I was always so unsatisfied. Like I need to have a passion. I need to have this. Where's yeah. my passion? Is yeah. money my passion? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> like. Yeah, but it is. Cause you always like, instead of like sitting and being present, as you said before, when you were in wrestle, that was the first time you were present to being there and realize like, okay, you know, this is actually awesome. Let's take one thing at a time, you know, let's not always open for the outcome, what's going to happen tomorrow and just enjoy the moment. Yeah. And then when you get there, you know, I've always been anxious. That's not true anymore. 
Mm -hmm. I've always been anxious except for today. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been drunk except for today. I've always been whatever except for today because today I made the choice not to. Yeah. <gasps> Shocking. <laughs> just, oh. <laughs> it just it completely changes no the perspective is different but i think it's like now we it's just like a lot of, we have a lot of time now you know with everything that is happening with all the changes and like you know this whole i don't know collective shift that is happening in the world you know uh, and i know i know it can be tough being by yourself i know it, it can be for everybody who started their journey it, it is it, it is lonely it's lonely as fuck at the beginning it is Girl, no it you want yeah. you want to <laughs> go back to your whole habits you're like oh my god why my phone is not ringing on the weekends you know stuff like that but yeah. but it's necessary though it's necessary once you get over that and you're okay with yourself and, you know, being alone, because being alone is very different from being lonely. And, yeah. And we don't even know. We, it, I'm so glad you said that. I didn't, I had a, I had someone told me that when I said I was feeling lonely and they're like, you're not lonely. You're alone. You've been alone for a long time. You're fine. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just alone with myself <laughs> in my head. Oh, I better start being nice to myself. Yes. I better start changing yeah. things up. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like because you you know you're by yourself. So you like as you said, you have to look after yourself. So you don't have the influence from anybody staying around. The only person you like, the only person who's talking about you is you in that moment when you're by yourself. So you better start saying nice things about yourself. If not, you're fucked. Otherwise, you're fucked. God. <laughs> and it's weird we can say some mean shit about ourselves yeah. we say the meanest shit and it's like and who's if nobody's looking out for number one yeah. then what's number one doing okay it's like i think i made like what's I, we spoke last week and i think i just came back from a walk or oh, i went to try clothes was it you that i was yeah. telling you i yeah, went yeah, to yeah. try clothes and it was the thing in the mirror and i don't have a big mirror in my house so i was like oh my god and i was like i left i was just got so depressed i was like of course i put a few like a few kilos like you know a few pounds whatever but it's nothing major. Like, you know, after I was like, after getting all my pity party and beating myself up, I was like, Maria, get over yourself. I'm like, your body's strong. You're happy. You're safe. You know, it's just like a kid over doesn't, yourself. And like those doesn't you, really matter. Doesn't yeah, really matter. Exactly. And there's nothing that I can't lose when I want. I'm like, it's fine. I was like, it's not the end of the world. And that was it. And I was like, and start telling I love my body and I love you and I love you and I'm grateful for everything you do for me. And that was it. Your, our bodies do so much for us. And all we, if we're not saying, if we don't consciously say thank you, we'll think like, we only think about it if we don't like it or if something mm -hmm. hurts. Yeah. Like, thank you feet for carrying me that far because without you, I would not be able to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Thank you yeah. guys for proving. I know like I have a heavier, I'm, I have a heavier set bottom half, but I'm grateful that my legs work and, and I have cellulite and you know what? That cellulite's been there for a long time and there's a lot more coming and that's okay because my legs <laughs> love it. And, I love and, it. and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. 
I love it. But we have to, we all we all have something and it's it's in there's nothing perfect. There's no again, it's not this box that you have to fit in and you have to be certain size because some of us we can't be that size. You know, we can't. And it's because physically because our body doesn't allow it to be that size. No matter how much we work out, you know. It's like I was watching a girl the other day, like she it was like she was actually showing her how she went and got her whole, from her waist down, plastic surgery to look a certain way. And I'm like, why would you even put yourself through that pain of like, it can't be that, you know, we have to stop thinking that is so bad. As you said, it's like with the way we talk about our body, like, you know, we have to be grateful for it. We must. I think statistically too, people who get plastic surgery statistically, like the majority continue they are in some way like their sat their status life's measurement of their satisfaction after their surgery they they start low and then after their surgery like five years afterwards statistically it's even lower than when they started oh they'll go and get it done again yeah and oh, so they'll it's get another one they'll get another they'll find not, another thing to change the plastic surgery yeah it's not our bodies it's our minds mm-hmm. and if we can this, once we realize that our once we fix the mind, everything else just kind of falls into place. Yeah. Like I don't exercise because I want my biceps to look swole, which they do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I exercise because if I because I like having joy, and I know that exercise helps mm-hmm. my, my my mind shift. Yeah. And my mind shifts. Then I'm like, great. I'm going to continue to not drink. I'm going to continue to work my business. Yeah. I'm going to talk to Maria and tell her I'm not your lover. Like, yeah. otherwise, that's, yeah. the, that's the good stuff. It's not yeah. about my physicality. Yeah, would you say, yeah, they are awesome though. <laughs> but you mentioned it to before, Taylor. It's like you stop doing something or you do something because your mind makes a connection and their connection is happiness is fulfillment okay boom there's something there that is clicking i freaking love this let's do more of this (laughs) yeah yeah which can you know sometimes go the opposite direction which is why we have to be mindful of like don't is it is it helpful or is it self-destructive but when you realize that when you when your mind makes the connection for the helpful stuff it's just like i don't know I, all I want is for everybody in the entire world to feel the way that I feel the majority of the time. (laughs) Like I, my life is not perfect by any means. I have a lot of personal, like I have a lot of family chaos and pandemonium and whatever. And there are like, there are, there's normal life shit and there's like some heartache, but like in general, even in the heartache, because I'm able to just, I feel like, I feel like I'm so aligned and I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. And all mm-hmm. I want to do is just love myself. I, my quality of life is just totally different. And like, I make like 70% less than I used to income wise. It's not money. It's not money. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. And with that, like all of the things that I used to do, like go out every night and whatever and all like whatever, but I just, I breathe and I'm like, fuck yes. I love the way the air smells in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it gets me jazzed. It's like, okay. it's totally, I just want everyone to feel good and it's possible. 
you know it's that feeling of being proud as well you know going from as you said being that party girl to now being okay i love these little things in life and i love getting up early in the morning like before i probably like you probably done like me before i wasn't getting up early in the morning you were staying overnight <laughs> like yeah. it was like okay the walk of, the walk of shame now to go home kids are going to school makeup is all over the place heels are you still drunk here i am still drunk <laughs> i i there was a three-year period where i i because i had to be at work at six o'clock in the morning I was functioning off of three hours of sleep for 90 plus hour work weeks. Wow. That's, I mean, just think about, I can't even like talk about no self-care, none. Mm-hmm. There's no, I was, mm-hmm. my eyeballs were totally dry. My throat was always tight. My chest was always tight. It was, and all, I was either coughing, ca- coughing, coffee, cigarettes, Vyvanse or, or liquor and there was no time for food. There was no time for anything else. It was just go, go. I couldn't even pee. I never even peed. Like what, what I'm too busy to do that. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Going to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom is self-care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Well, like drinking water when you need it. And it's, it's that when you're drinking alcohol, you completely forget about those things. So. Oh yeah. But and then you're like, it's... why does my skin stick when I pull my hand? <laughs> Taylor you know I can talk I could be talking to you forever and ever and ever actually Taylor said before are you going to edit this and I was like I think I might have to because people are going to be like these two have been talking about life and all that stuff and it's like I think they're in their own conversation sorry guys guys. it's true I'm sorry but I'm not sorry so Taylor if anybody wants to contact you and work with you get to know you more where they can find you um go to you can follow me on instagram it's at living wonderful wander with an a not wonder um or my website livingwonderful.com or i have a new website that my partner made for me it's called livefullschool.com and that's where all of my courses and my programs are available it's like it's I'm, i'm very excited about it and if you like if you work with me in any in my group program or my one on one program all of the resources will be on that platform and available for whatever. So I'm, I'm very excited about it because I don't understand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we see every, there's people that comes into your life for a reason. You, know? <laughs> you came into your life to make you happy. <laughs> Thank you. <website. laughs> he made the most beautiful buttons. They have like these highlights or anyway, they're just gorgeous. Nice. Well, I dropped the links anyways in the podcast. I Taylor, thank you so much, Sunshine. Thank you so much for being here and opening up and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. I am hopeful. Thank you so much. I love you. Guys, we'll see you next time. Have a lovely day. Bye. Oh my God, hon. Sorry. No. No. Hold on. 